0: On today's episode of Mind Vs. Muscle, we sit down with Joseph Hawthorne of Copper Moose Fitness. We discuss why he named his gym Copper Moose Fitness, being real, raw, relevant, and how that's going to get you results uh, in, in creating a culture for your gym as well. And also, this guy's climbing fucking Mount Rainier. Hell of a goal. Stay tuned. what up guys so we got today we got joseph hawthorne um out of pasadena california am i correct out of pasadena california copper moose fitness you should definitely check him out know he's on facebook for sure he's shooting a lot of content um on there and the reason that that we wanted to bring him on the podcast today was uh something that's not really talked about um in the fitness industry um which is culture and i think that you know when when we were thinking about this topic, Joseph immediately came to mind. Um, he does a great job of, uh, of being uh, himself and, and, and portraying, you know, the message that he wants to send, um, you know, within Copper Moose and, and to the people that, that come into those doors every single day. Um, and, and so, Joseph, really, we just want to talk about, like, why that's important to you um, and, and what's special about Copper Moose Fitness and what separates you guys from, from everybody else pretty much.
1: Yeah, I love it, man. Thanks for thanks for having me here. Um, yeah, this is definitely a subject I love talking about. Uh, and I think it's whether you're, you know, a personal trainer, whether you own a fitness business or just any business in general, um, it's the essence of what it needs to be. It's the connection point. Like culture is uh, is just a cultivation of the experiences that you want to be able to deliver, that you want your clients to to have, you know, and that they want to actually experience. It's what separates the great businesses from the mediocre businesses and the ones that stay around. I mean, the culture is what I've studied to, to emulate here at Copper Moose. You look at Disney and Nike and Starbucks and it's clear as day what that experience is going to be. And that experience is what the culture is. And so, you know, I think that a lot of people, that's the missing piece. You know, it's easy to study, you know, fitness as a trainer and, and, and get all nerded out. And that's the right. fun part for, for a lot of us. Um, but really, it's about human connection, and uh, and so it's like how can you emulate a, a piece of you so that it, it just transfers over and it can actually be felt the moment people step in the doors, or even better, before they even step in the doors. And so I think like when it comes to culture, it's just an extension of who you are, and uh, whether you're the owner or the trainer, like it's just got to be real and authentic. And I know you guys use the the phrase real, raw, and relevant, and it's it's so so perfect um, because that's the difference between you know a a place that has its own culture because it's real it's authentic whatever that may be versus a place that's just trying to kind of piece things together and pull different pieces and just doing what they've seen has worked and I think I think you have to be really really real with yourself first to be able to know what that is
0: but Um, but taking taking different pieces um, of, of different things is cool as long as it's true to you, right? And, and it's not something that you're trying, you're not faking it to make it, right? It, it's, it's really something that you believe in with your whole heart, um, even whether you know that it works or not. Uh, if, if, you know, something that, that doesn't work for somebody else, like might work for you because you, you make it happen. Right. Do you, do you agree with that? And I think that's, and I think that that's a lot of, of kind of what you've done because, you know, I know that, that you've done a lot of continuing education with some of the top guys in the industry and we have to extract information and pull those things into our facility, um, in order to, uh, create a successful environment for our clients. So yeah,
2: absolutely, do Those you have do you have any big takeaways that you can give us or the people listening of how you built that culture, or is this just how you? I mean, since your childhood, you've just always been that guy that's really good at expelling who you are, and it's kind of contagious, or. Did you study specific figures? Because like you said, like I feel like a lot of fitness entrepreneurs and fitness professionals, we always go to the nutrition, the training, the mobility, all these things that are cool and fun to study. But people don't look at Walt Disney, for example, and look at what he's done or Steve Jobs and how they created these like such memorable businesses of who they actually are. right? So what have you done in your experience, in your history to build that? Yeah.
1: And no, I mean, for me, like I fell into the fitness industry. Uh, so I I mean, I worked for Starbucks as a store manager for a number of years. So I kind of had this different experience that I think really helped me see that. And their whole concept was they wanted it to be a third place experience. Yeah, they right. sell coffee, but they're in the people business. Right. And so for me, I got kind of uh, this upper hand by seeing that and just realizing, well, that's what fitness needs to be. And And I fell into it just because of aches and pains um from from owning a landscaping business that i did after starbucks it was kind of my intro and just beat my body to shit and uh you know i never i was a small guy i wasn't the athletic guy i mean theo has, has punched me in the face before and we've trained <laughs> together so he's, he's being he's well serious aware. right
2: now like literally has punched him in the face i believe right <laughs> well we'll get to that a little bit yeah, later yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's true.
1: It's true. And so he's seen, like, I'm not, you know, I wasn't like the football player, the athletic, like, superstar. I'm the small guy that fell into it. And so I can relate and connect to people, you know, who, uh, who are, you know, in their 40s and their 50s who are just like, oh shit, my body's falling apart. I probably need to do something about it. To me, it just happened a little earlier and realized I had such a love for it and that I could create an experience for people that actually made them feel nurtured and accepted in control of their own life and their destiny with their body instead of just like, oh, I want to be like that guy or I want to follow that. So, I mean, when it came to to creating a, a culture, like it really was what I extracted a lot from from Starbucks and some of these other companies of, you know, it's a people business and it's the people that we want to give them what they need. And it just happens to be the training is what we do. And, uh, and so I, I think I had this upper hand by not being in the industry, Um, you know, like, like Theo said, I've done all my, my homework and studied and continued education under, under the best of the best and continue to stay super humble on that learning is a never ending journey. So never let ego get in the way of that. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was just knowing that people came first and how do I want to bring that in? And because I didn't have some of these touches and experiences within the fitness industry that a lot of people do. Uh, I think it almost gave me a, a little bit of an upper hand. So it's just being able to empathize with, with people. And, uh, man, when it comes to building your culture, like, it's really knowing yourself and what theme you want to carry on. Like, right. what's, what's the theme of the gym? And, uh, and ours is just like human connection. Like, that's, that's what it is. I want to make people laugh. You know, I want to make sure that they have a good time. And uh, I want to make sure that they feel connected to each other you know because like that doesn't exist in today's today's world um like we were saying in the beginning of this cody and i like we know each other because of facebook um you know i've even come up to, to Vigor ground for some training and some some different stuff along the way and you know luca's been one of my mentors for years but uh but we don't officially know each other know each other you know like oh yeah my friend you know cody he knows his stuff like you know it's easy to say those things but I think we're missing those like real human connections. And and that's all that that culture is about. But it has to be an extension of the way you want to build those human connections. And I think that's a missing piece for some for some trainers and and for some gyms. You know, it's like it's just about the fitness and the nutrition. And that's how they're trying to connect with people because right. they they think that's what people really want. Right. But those are just like those are just the the symptoms that we're trying to treat right what's the real reason behind that is that people want to come together and they want to feel like they're a part of something bigger so I think if a gym can't offer something bigger and, and nurture those those feelings you know then it's there's gonna be a missing link you know and for us it's it's unlimited high fives you know so it's like you come in you know you're gonna feel like physical contact which I think is really missing from a lot of people's lives in a positive way. Is, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you're going to be celebrated whether you uh, do body weight squat or whether you max out on a 400 pound squat. Like, I don't care. I'm going to celebrate the shit out of you because you're taking right. time to do you. And, uh, and so there's no mirrors in our place, you know, like whatsoever, <clears throat> you know, so that people aren't coming in self-conscious, you know, you've got every shape, every size, every age. And, uh, and we're going to celebrate with you along the way and, you know, get to know you. Like everybody gets a nickname here. Um, different nicknames from different of the coaches, everybody kind of
2: that's as dumb. their own
1: thing but i like that yeah you know like like people know coming in you know we preframe them too we're gonna swear a lot you know because <laughs> i feel like swear words are they're just sentence enhancers yeah, you know right. so i'm gonna start off by saying we're gonna have a great fucking time today and it's just it's an it's an exciting thing it's not swearing at you um and that's that's part of the culture too because people need that release right like they're coming in yeah and they've got two kids who have been fighting all day, work with shit and, and life is just happening to them. So they can't swear at work. They don't want to swear at their kids. But when you're picking up something heavy and you just want to yell, fuck, just yell, fuck. Like it feels good. <laughs> so, so we kind of give them that permission, you know, that they feel like they need, like they, right. they have an outlet that is far beyond right, right. just training. Um, you know, and they also know that we're going to make really inappropriate jokes. Like, I pre-frame people like, hey, if you have any issues with sexual innuendos or, like, really bad jokes or anything like that, love you, but we're not the place for you. Uh, just because, like, that's going to come out. Like, our goal is to, like, make you sweat, make you laugh, you know, get you the results you want. But that'll come from the fact that you're ingrained into, like, this culture. You know you can say anything you want, and, and nobody's going to bat an eye. They're almost going to, like, look at you weird if you're not saying something yeah. Uh
0: I think that's 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 a good transition into
1: into my next question.
0: My bad, Cody, but uh, I I think that this is important just because I spent some time with you at at Resurrection Week, um, and you know we're both kind of you know the class clown, so to speak, and we joke a lot. um, But there was a point in time where that that came from a bad place, right? That came from more of like a, a negative place than than a positive place. So. Can you touch a little bit uh, on that and and where that stemmed from and how you kind of made the transition into uh, or or did that have an effect um, on your on your culture side um, of your business so to speak?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know what Theo's talking about. Resurrection Week was uh, a powerful event we did both down in San Diego, just filled with breakthroughs and and awesome stuff. Um, just for anyone who listening doesn't know, I'm sure they do because if they follow you guys, but but yeah. And uh, for me, like because I was always a small guy and went to uh, inner city high school. Um, like I joke, my prom picture, um, I'm, I'm the only white one in the entire school, I feel like. And, uh, and so <clears throat> I was a small guy that got, you know, I get picked on. So I had to use humor as a way to, uh, to fit in, to kind of get out of situations. And that was my thing. You know, I didn't play sports that, I was a band nerd. And so I, had, I, I liked apparently to stack all the odds against me, So you know, pick up an <laughs> instrument and play the band. But uh, <laughs> so for me, like humor was my way to connect, you know? So it's like, who's the biggest, baddest, like dude who's running the school? Sweet. I'll, I'll crack some jokes on him, see how far I can push the limit to make him laugh and be good with him. And so that was like always my, my barrier. And it was a way that I kind of like went through life, you know, like that's how people would like me, that's how people would associate me, you know, willing to do anything. Like, sure, you want me to take off my pants, like and just train in my underwear and run around? Like, yeah, I'll do it. Plus the lady clients kind of enjoyed it, or at least they pretended. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I mean that that became who I was, but it was so much that I was like masking all this other stuff. You know, yeah. I like to say like it was almost like a the mask of masculinity, like all men, we like to wear these these masks that, uh, that kind of go up to kind of protect the other side. And I have, you know, like my softer, deep, spiritual, emotional side, like Theo was kind of talking about. And I was never like letting it out. I also had my, my dark, angry side that was just kind of getting buried deep, just be the funny guy to deflect. And, uh, and so like after that, it was like, all right, cool. That, that piece needs to come out. It was this, this huge breakthrough and realization, um, that, uh, that if I can't, let that out, it was going to just continue to destroy me. And the more I buried it, the, the worse it was going to be. And, uh, and, you know, so since then, like <clears throat> the gym, gym tone has changed. And so we have days where, you know, like it's just being really, really authentic with people. So people will come in like, Joseph, how are you doing today? Uh, we're going to have a great fucking workout. So I'm not answering the question saying I'm having a shitty day, but the reality is I'm still going to deliver and give you a great workout. Um, but then we have those conversations. And I think that's a piece of the the culture is like, we're willing to have those conversations. So we call it Saturday sermon. And, uh, and every Saturday after all of our big key workouts I deliver a sermon and it's basically like whatever is going on either in my life or a story or something that can actually deliver like a deeper meaning and moral, you know, so that they're not just like hitting, hitting a training session, you know, like it's, it's awesome to, to hit your, you know, three ninety five deadlift or whatever. But when you, when you do, like, what is it being extracted from that? And so, you know, we've kind of taken this different approach of, like, not just, you know, the fun place, not just the place for release, not just the place for, like, deep, powerful connections with, with people and, and friendships that have formed, but also, like, you're going to get some coaching that you wouldn't anywhere else. Like, you're going to hear some stuff that, that you don't want to hear. So now it's, it's taking a tone of, like, my coaches are going to tell me what's up because they're willing to t- tell each other what's up and they're willing to look at each other in that same manner so it's definitely shifted and i think that's the beauty of culture is like it can continue to shift you know like we were just like the really goofy wild wild place at the beginning and that kind of worked and now it's like cool it can be it, it can have a deeper meaning so it's not like it has to stay because we're ever evolving and changing as as humans as long as we're willing to grow and expand And so it just kind of kind of emulating that within the gym i think so like with having
2: like, uh go ahead cody uh, like one thing i was going to touch on is just From an outside perspective, because I've never been to your gym, I don't know a whole lot about you, but just from what I've heard from, obviously, I worked with John, which was one of your guys for a while. I've heard a lot from Theo. You're just being extremely real, and I feel like you have these, it's like you're opening a door for other people to come in and be real as well. And I think that builds like a huge culture because something that we all learned, at least I know I did during Resurrection Week, is just letting all the different parts of me out and knowing that it's okay to do that, right? And then it changes, uh, it changes your atmosphere, it changes your energy, and then it changes the people around you. And and part of it all is just surrounding yourself with those people, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, like they know that they're gonna get called out, but they know that they can like call me out on my stuff too. Yeah, like, that's. That's the beauty. It creates this dialogue and when that dialogue happens, the relationship happens and then it's it's beyond just a gym. It's it's a, it's an extra home. It's a place they go to because they know that they're going to get called out on their shit or, or they're going to like, you know, whatever is needed to happen is going to
2: happen. Right. And that's yeah. kind of like that third place you were talking about, right? Luca said something like this to me before too is we all have like three main places, right? One's home and one's work. Like, so the goal for yep. gym owners should be, and those are, like, mandatory. You, you got to have a home and you got to have a work, right? So that third place should be, like, your place of refugee where you can just go and be yourself. And, and it's just, like, comforting, right? So I think it's important for gym owners to try to create that third place for other people. And obviously, you're doing a great job. And in fact, like, you – being at places like Starbucks before was probably a great example because how many people go there just to chill and get away for a little bit have some coffee and work and and just chill right right. and I know I have a couple coffee shops that are like my third homes because the gym is my work slash home right so like I know for me like Starbucks the local Starbucks down the road is one of those places and those people know me by name and love me so they built that for me so I know that that's huge for all gym owners out there yeah
1: yeah I'm I'm with you on it and you know, it's, I think it's just knowing yourself really well, being being willing to be yourself 100 percent of the time. Like if you're angry, like there's nothing wrong with telling people like, yeah, I'm having a, a stressful day. Like last week I was uh, I was struggling with some stuff and I busted out some shift moves. My clients know what shift moves are. And so, you know, it's it's just being real. Like so explain I, I'm not going to let you down. Explain no a shift point.
2: move. Explain a shift move. I don't think a lot of people know what that is. And I think those those are it's a it's a really weird concept if you think about it for most people. But it, it can be really <laughs> powerful. And I know like when I finally like let myself just do it in public and and like I'm in Macy's doing a burpee saying, Fuck it, like People look at you weird, but it feels really empowering and it's good. So, like, explain what that is and, and how you use it, and and how do you apply that to your clients? Because I think it's a little bit different when we did resurrection. and We have a bunch of different coaches doing it versus trying to apply that to your clientele.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's just a tool, right? Like, like anything else. Um, you know, so many people suffer from stress and anxiety. You know, I was one of them that it was constantly, and it's still something I'm continually working on. And, uh, and a shift move is just a, a reframe. It's a way to snap yourself out of whatever it is you are going through. And, uh, and it's one of the tools I teach all of our clients and, and, and stuff as well. And uh, all it is is that <clears throat> when you're feeling that, when you're feeling frustrated, stressed, or anxious, or whatever is going on, it's taking a minute to actually just stop whatever is going through And instead of, like, just dwelling on the thoughts, because a lot of times people will be like, oh, don't think about that. And I'm like, yeah, that's easy. Fuck off. Don't think about it. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) don't think about elephants. All right, now you're thinking about elephants. Like, we can't control our thoughts, right? And so it's like, how quickly can we reframe this to regain some power and control? And so it's just actually stopping whatever you're doing and taking a few deep breaths. Um, Because anytime we're feeling stressed or anxious, our breathing, like, goes shallow, right? If you've ever had an anxiety attack or anything like that, so, we're not getting the oxygenation through our body and our pH balance in our body, like actually gets messed up. So, we're releasing all this cortisol in our system, right? The stress hormone. So, it's sending like all this stuff through us, which making us even more tense. So, our muscles are tense. Like, we're not breathing well. So, we're not thinking clearly. Cortisol is spiked. Like, nothing is good is happening. And so, like, when you're actually just stopping to breathe, like, if you've ever just been stressed, you just take a deep breath in and just exhale out, it actually relaxes, right? You get an oxygenation and blood's flowing through the entire body. It starts to, like, balance the alkalinity in your body again. So, I mean, you guys know I'm a fitness nerd, so that's why I focus on this stuff as well. Like, I, I had to, like, actually know the science behind it, yeah. you know, behind everything, behind meditation, to even, like, right. actually start doing it on a consistent basis. So, it's taking a few deep breaths. I like to do five, um, you know, because it actually, like, gives me enough time to start just focusing on my breath. And then at the end of that, you knock out some kind of physical exertion. So, you know, like Cody, you mentioned burpees. And that's what I typically like to do as well, um, unless you're in an area that you can't do burpees for whatever reason. But, uh, it, you know, match the number of burpees to the number of breaths that you take. And all that's doing is now releasing all of that rage. Like anytime you hit a good workout after you're frustrated or whatever, you always feel better, right? Like it's that release, because now, Not only have we released some dopamine, but some endorphins, and we've also got some like serotonin going through our system. So we've got three like major brain chemicals, these feel-good chemicals that have just been released just from breathing and just from doing some kind of physical exertion that can combat all of that. And now because you're out of breath, you're forced to forced to like actually start to control. So like everything has started to completely shift. So from a chemical standpoint. Like we're back, actually actually back in control a little bit faster, and like just instantly you get this little bit of release. You know, it doesn't stay forever. You know, depending on what you're dealing with, but it's like the fastest way to snap yourself out and, and bring yourself back. And and Cody mentioned like at the end, just yelling like "fuck it." Um, there's there's a great power I think in the end of just declaring whatever it is that you right, need and expressing to care. how you feel. Yeah, exactly. And it's that final release. Of of whatever it is, you're you're actually vocalizing it because then when we internalize stuff, you know that's when we get the most screwed up. And so yeah. it's actually being able to do that. So so yeah, hopefully that helps.
0: Uh, we're gonna change pace a little bit, and I kind of want to go back to the whole copper moose thing because I'm I'm we're on we're on Skype right now, and I can see uh, just above your uh, uh, on your on the left side of you is this is this moose right? Copper moose fucking fitness. Why? copper moose like why did you choose that
2: <laughs> okay so, yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's he's got, got a, a moose real, mask on got a real
0: mask right. <laughs> yeah
1: we got a few of them
0: talk, talk about that a little bit because like i, I think that's again like man we're, we're talking about culture we're talking about how you're unique and and i don't think it really gets much more unique than copper moose fitness. So why copper moose? And, and, you know, why do people really have like an attachment to that? Um, at, at your, at your gym?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I said your culture needs to be an extension of you. So the name needed to be that. And when we were thinking about names, um, you know, my wife and I, at the time we had uh, two dogs and we had a, a, a yellow lab who we still have, her name is Annie, but her coloration is very copper and then uh we had a boy dog he passed away but his name was moose and so we're like let's name the gym after our dogs you know at the time i didn't have my son and stuff and so it was like that was our that was an extension of us that was our true essence you know and uh you know you guys being being dog owners as well i'm sure you can get that like it's it's you know it's part of your family yeah and so yeah so i'm like you know what we just need to name this place after them um i wanted something original i wanted something unique because anybody could be like pasadena's best fitness you know and uh, (laughs) trainer joe down the street get you up like it's like come on like nobody's gonna remember that shit right and it doesn't have any meaning and so like for me like how you do anything is how you do everything and everything needs to have depth and meaning otherwise it's like it's just not worth it like significance is like really important and uh you know it's like you look at the name of starbucks like you know it's like it's got to have some kind of some kind of deeper meaning that tells a story, because that's what we all want. We want to be a part of a story. We want to be a part of a journey. And uh, and just like the essence of copper, like it's valuable, valuable to the point where people like steal it out of you know pipes. And it and it it's a conductor of electricity. And that's what I wanted this place to be. Like I wanted you to come in and you to be you, you to be copper, right? Like you don't need to be gold, which everybody really wants, but it's super malleable. And it's actually like not that great when you think about it from a, from a usability standpoint. No, like you're copper, you're useful, you're valuable, like you're a conductor of like excitement and electricity. And I wanted like even the name needed to emulate that. And, uh, and then also like the other piece, too, it's like when you look at all the greatest brands, they all have this small little icon. Like, like Apple has the Apple. Nike has the swoosh mickey has three circles put into a mickey mouse like it's the simplest of designs and things and so for us it was just a moose and so you know it's like it's it's pretty awesome you hear like you know people will be like yeah my friend told me about the moose place and so like it's you hear moose (laughs) you you think of us you know and and that's what i wanted i wanted something that was so different and off topic that it wasn't going to be trainer joe fitness you know right it's extremely uh,
2: memorable That's
1: for sure. And that was the goal, like at least make your head turn, you know, to the point where when it comes back up, you won't forget it. Or at least you'll know something moose is is in it. And so it's kind of fun because then we were able to, you know, create like an extension of the brand. So we've got different shirts for different days of the week, you know, and and our own lingo, um, things that that doesn't get, you know, like we're a fangle, which is a herd of moose. Now, did I know that before we named the business Copper Moose? No. One of our clients was like, hey, did you know that a herd of moose is called a fangle? And I was like, did you know that you just named, like, everybody in this gym a fangle? <laughs> so, you know, it's like, that's I think that's, uh, that's a big reason that that we, that we wanted something super unique like that. Um, because it's, it's easy to see, like, these other gyms that, you know, the classic black and red. I feel like that's the norm you can pretty much go anywhere, and everybody's got black and red theme. No, no offense if you like black and red, like that's cool. Like I'm all for it. And then you know the the graffiti art and stuff like that. It kind of like it became this thing of oh that's what I have to do. You know I have to do that because everybody else is doing that. That's cool. Let me put that up on my wall. You know, and then there's gyms that have been doing it for like the originators. Like look back at like when Luca had the original spot in the garage, he was one of the ones that actually did that you know before anybody did that right. and it was, I think that's why vigor works too right it's an extension of you know everything that is important to him and his his philosophies and stuff like that and and then just listening to to the clients and to the trainers and following the direction of that I mean we I mentioned the shirts right so we had a client who she came in and she was wearing a shirt that said on Wednesdays we wear pink it was in the month of October and I was like boom every Wednesday we're wearing pink everybody Like, we're going to support breast cancer. We're going to bring more awareness to it. We're going to run some charity events. Like, my grandmother died for breast cancer. This is our thing. That was two years ago. Everybody in our gym, like, all the dudes roll in wearing pink on Wednesdays. Doesn't matter who you are. And so it's, like, all of those little things, I think, make the culture. You know, like, having your own lingo, having your own, like, identifiers, having your brand. You know, like, we use words like BAM, which stands for badass, mofo, making moves. Like, anytime you're, like, doing stuff, like, everything has to have you know some significance some meaning um to create the culture but it's all it's stuff that started just because that's what i wanted to talk about that's what i wanted to do and uh and then just listening like keeping your finger on the pulse to what the clients are after you know she rocked that pink shirt and everyone's like that's cool so it's like cool then i'll just pour fuel on that fire if everyone wants to do right. that sweet everyone wants to come in on monday being motivational so now we were all black on monday all black it's murder Monday. You're coming in to murder some fat and get shit done. Like, let's start the week fucking right. So it's like, you know, just feeling out what people really want and actually like listening to them and asking and engaging. And then, I mean, that's how it all, that's how it all starts. And that's how we became this little, little tiny juggernaut of Copper Moose Fitness. You know, it's thousand square feet. It's a small ass facility. Dude, every
0: square inch of that place had like it's got culture written all over it because everything that you guys do from sayings to the things that you do every single day of the week, you have something going on, um, you know, the the logo in and of itself, like everything that you guys do is, is based around that culture. Like you, you set you set the standard, right? Like you set you set a certain pace for people, whether it's your, your team or your clients. And it just and now it's just that's just how it operates like that. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about today. So, man, I'm, I'm super glad that, that, that we got on with this. And, and that kind of transitions me into my next question as far as, you know, you being this super, you know, unique uh, place of business or outlet for people. It's very hard. And, and Cody and I know a little bit about this just because we've been at Vigor for a while, um, you know, to, to build a team around that. Right. Like you can't just bring anybody into Copper Moose. You can't just bring anybody into into vigor ground. So how do you go about choosing your team? And I, I already I think I already know the
1: answer, but I, I want to hear from you just to see if I'm right. Uh, very internal. So so like our head coach, who I believe both of you guys have met when I brought him up there. Um, but uh, but he started out internal. I mean, he was going to school and, and, and getting all his certs and stuff like that when he was here just training and so bringing people up through the culture like that's that's the easiest way because um, we can teach people training and periodization and all the nerdy stuff like any day all day long right i mean like we we write every single one of our own workouts we don't buy anything i think that's another thing a lot of places do but uh for us it's 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 all creation it's all internal and so with with staffing it's uh it's been pretty much the same way i mean if, you know, our head coach, uh, you know, our other strength coach that runs our, like, main women's program, um, you know, because I can teach the other stuff. It, it's hard to teach personality connection and, and you know, the, that ability. Um, but, uh, but that's how it's mostly been. <clears throat> um, brought in one other coach from the outside, but that was literally looking at, gosh, I don't even know how many applications it was ridiculous and 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 then narrowing it down to like 20 something phone interviews and then narrowing it down to actual three in-person interviews because it's like you got to be picky like it's it's uh it's the most important thing um by far they're on the front lines and if they don't uh they're not on the same page with you then then you're screwed (laughs) and and for me it's like knowing exactly what they want and, and motivates them like that's the biggest thing for for my coaches like what What drives you? What motivates you? What keeps you going? Um, You know, and like like looking at James, since you guys both know him, he's like, I want to do this cert. Cool. I want to do some on it stuff. Cool. Like so then that's what drives, you know, drives my coaches. That's what I'm going to put my effort towards so that they're happy because, you know, happy coaches obviously, you know, makes everything. Um, But it's just like it's just communication. You know, constant right. communication with your team.
2: And something, so, like, you know what, that I noticed too with not only creating your team but creating your culture is you don't, like, at least you don't seem like it, you don't force anything, right? So I read a lot about, you know, we, like Seth Godin, for example, he has, like, the tribe and the linchpin and, like, you want to create this this tribe and this community and this, like, movement because that's what a culture is. And it, and it creates a demand for people to want to be a part of something rather than just lose weight right so like you've done that but like as you can see from everything you've been talking about you don't force any of that you're just being you and you're letting other people be them and you're showing like like the whole moose thing and and you said it was a fangle is it fangle yeah so like a fangle like i want to be a part of your fangle now like that's a dope you know what (laughs) what i mean like there's this like dope community and tribe of people that get to call each other something and if they ran into each other outside of the gym it'd be like oh yeah this dude's in my fangle and the people are like what and he's like oh don't worry about it man like (laughs) You know what I mean? And then you have this in culture. Like, I think that's the coolest thing. And for anybody out there listening, like reading stuff like Tribe and Lynchpin and all that stuff, it's great. But remembering to just like do you and just build your culture and be patient around that, I think is the most important. And probably one of the biggest things I'm taking away from you is that you just have let it build up. You haven't really pushed or forced anything on anybody. You've just been you and you've let that create this culture. And those who want to be a part of that become a part of that.
1: Yeah, autonomy is, is huge. You know, giving the client's autonomy to, to you know, trying to even change some of the direction of the of the studio is huge. And then, of course, with, with the coaches, you know. Um, you know, one of my coaches, he wants to wear crazy, ridiculous socks. And so we have crazy, ridiculous sock Thursday because a few people wanted to jump on board. <laughs> Do I like just, like, low-cut Nike black socks every day of my life? Yes, that's what I like. But I support it because that's what they're all about, you know. <laughs> right, right it's uh it's being willing to let it to let it flow for sure and that that
0: makes me think about a video that you shot probably about a year ago where you were kind of just going around the gym while people were training and say hey uh hey brother how many pounds have you lost i'm sure you remember uh exactly which one i'm talking about and i mean we all know that it doesn't take you know the most scientific uh, uh approach to training and getting people results it's actually really simple right like move get off your ass eat eat vegetables and lean protein and you're going to probably lose some weight right and what i think that what's so important i think the missing link that a lot of coaches aren't getting is is the is the culture side of things and how that's so important Uh, to getting those people, the results, because how long have those people been training with you and how consistent have they been because they want to show up to copper moose fitness every day, um, and wear pink or wear crazy socks. And they want to have a great fucking time with coach Joseph. Like, like that's so important to their results, not just, you know, uh, their nutrition or, or, doing a, a five, three, one, uh, protocol, uh, based program or anything like that, right? Like it's, it's a lot of it has to do with people actually wanting to show up to the gym, be consistent and having that outlet. Would you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you can kind of nurture, you know, the other stuff as it comes, you know, yeah. so it's, I mean, so often I think for gym owners more than anybody else, it's like leads, 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 and more and more and more. And Right. You know, and am like, well, we're going to be celebrating four years. And, you know, so like just in the last year, it's been three years. So we give out um, these like super dope custom Bluetooth headphones for when you hit your three year anniversary with us. And I'm like, holy shit, you know, like we're a small thousand square foot facility, about 150 people. And I just had to order 55 headphones for the people that have been with us three years, you know, and it's like. I'd rather nurture people and actually build right. these relationships with them and get to know them and, like, become part of their family as They become part of my family. And, like, that's what just makes the difference. And uh, and then it's really cool because along the way, because they're so excited to come, because they're so ingrained, because it's a part of their life, they're going to get the results instead of, like, you know, the perfect meal plan. And, and it's also, like, knowing our strengths, right? Like Cody mentioned, he trained one of our guys, um, you know, John, like, We're precision nutrition, habit based all day, you know, understand macros. I just don't like doing macros like it's not my thing programming it out. Right. And so it was like, you know, he's like, hey, I want to take stuff to the next level and get fully shredded. And I'm like, I like just being lean, seeing my abs, but I don't want to get to that level. Go see Cody. Right. So it's like us also knowing like what we do best and just focusing on that so that you're not trying to be everything for everybody. And I think that's where like a lot of the culture gets dropped off is uh, is is either gyms or places trying to be everything for everybody or not not at least being willing to bring in the specialist within that in that area to your gym if that's another way of doing it to be things for everybody that's cool but you know for us it's like what do we do really best and and just focusing on that and then people along the way get to this place where they're like all right cool now I want to hit you know that's fun when our females are like I want to hit a 225 deadlift you know so now we can focus on that and what that is but if they didn't like start off you know, with just like coming three times a week to something that, you know, they hadn't been doing for 10 years that they didn't even like doing before, if we didn't have those other pieces. They'd never get to that place. So it's like, yeah, those things are important, but it's not the foundation. Like the, the foundation is your theme, your culture, your environment. That's everything. I agree. hundred percent, man.
0: Love it. So, so we have, I think we got a few minutes before you got to get out of here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about something that, that you got going on that you just signed up for uh an epic goal um, i'm sure that you're going to accomplish which is climbing mount rainier um and for me i hate being cold actually i just got (laughs) i just got off the plane i was just in minnesota i actually had a great christmas i had a great time um but at the same time man i'm a you know i love san diego i love the beach um but so to me this is just kind of crazy so talk a little bit about um you know this
1: what you got going on with the whole Rainier thing Yeah. So, uh, since, uh, since resurrection week, it's, it's been about how can I lead from the front to the best of my abilities. And that, that actually was a huge part of the culture at Copper Moose. It's why we had 75 people all do a Spartan race together. I mean, like what Jim does that. That's that's insane. It was cool. So like, you know, we had, I, I got some like epic flags and like, we just did this thing like up huge. Right. And so it's like, and then we you know teams running ragnars and stuff like that i don't even have to do anything and they like have their their shirts all like custom made with mooses on over them and their vans and stuff it's fun but but because like i'm willing to to do something that scares me every year something that i don't want to do and that's like a big big push here is like step into the uncomfortable and you know for some people that's just stepping in the uncomfortable with just working out and and for others it's like whatever that next level so I feel compelled to lead from the front, um, and that's where growth and expansion happens. So, last year was all about doing crazy challenges because I'm an entrepreneur and I have been pretty much most of my life, except for my stint with Starbucks. And I just don't like being told what to do. So, you know, the, the fact that some Navy SEALs at SealFit were going to be telling me all these orders and then spraying me in the face with water was like a nightmare. So, that's, you know, so I did that. And then I did Go Ruck last year. It was about stepping into challenges and giving up control. And then this year, um, on my bucket list for a long time, because I have family up in Seattle, and uh, and kind of all over. And I've always gone up there and seen that mountain, be like yeah, I'm gonna climb that someday. And uh, but almost as like a joke, right? And so uh, so this year I decided, you know what, like I gotta pull the trigger. And it's about like you said, doing stuff that that you don't really want to do, and that's exactly why you want to do it. So I've lived in California or uh, Southern Arizona, which is like 110, 115 my whole life. Um, it is like 65 degrees in the, in the gym right now. We're closed right now for holiday break, but I'm wearing a sweatshirt and sweats. Like I do not like the cold. So when Theo says that, I totally get that. Um, I don't like ice. I don't like glaciers. I I don't really like climbing things. And so it's everything that, you know, it's going to kind of push me outside of my comfort zone zone, and, uh, and force me to step up. And, and I think we all need something to constantly do that with you know just that one level outside of our comfort zone and and just the insights and the power we take away from from it is huge uh so that's why I'm doing this one this year and it also gives me something to train for you know it's it's so easy to just think of training as like sets and reps and weights and uh and it's got to be more than that you know like Cody goes out and, and skates and, and you know, Theo, you go and, and slam dunk basketballs and whatever, right? And do backflips like one-handed NBA jam <laughs> stuff. But, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, for me, it's like, cool. that's It needs to be something big, something challenging. And uh, so this year I'm climbing Mount Rainier. And if I come back, then uh, we'll see what the next year's challenge
2: is. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you better fucking come back, dude, because we got to sit down. We got to talk about that afterwards. So I'll be interested to hear how that goes. Um, I'll be in your hometown that
1: week, so uh, yes, I'm planning on it. Cool.
0: All right, man. That's all we got for today. Thank you, Joseph, for uh, for jumping on the podcast, man. You dropped some major knowledge bombs, and I'm sure some big takeaways, not just for me and Cody, but for all the listeners out there as well.
1: Appreciate it, gents. Take care.
0: If you love the Mind Versus Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind Versus Muscle.